0: because there is a certain weirdness to the idea of first of all we did it a couple times already today but no it's 4:30 and now is the time and and you know it's a very clinical weird kind of way to to have sex ba, ba, two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies talking about the struggle talking about big papa
1: yeah. welcome to big papa's the podcast for modern dads i am pierre hamilton
0: i'm dan worry smith
1: this is episode one Ooh. we're talking conception feels good to be here that's that's like something to get excited about absolutely I think. and in studio we got a guest louis calabro hey lou lou hey hey why don't you tell us a little bit about
2: yourself lou yeah thanks for having me guys thanks for being here So I'm a arts administrator, I guess is the best way to put it. But I've also been DJing in Toronto for about 13 years or so. Um, And yeah, just working in, in, you know, on the film and TV side, putting on events, event producing, that's my world. Nice, yeah. nice. Does
0: nice. your world contain a baby, Lou? Is there yeah, a little baby an important, in your world? That is a little part part baby
2: in my world. And actually, yes, you're, that baby has taken over my world. So there, <laughs> there's, a, there's a one-year-old baby in the mix named Remy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Remy. I yeah. like that. Lou They're, and
2: I are
0: pals from, from junior high back in the day, and uh, now we live super close to each other. So we've been like dad pals over the last year, and uh, uh, we're really happy to have you here, Lou. Thanks thank for being you. here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
1: Well, 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 well. It is one thing to decide you're ready to have a kid mm-hmm. it's quite another to actually have a kid it's you know for some people i think it's it's can be easy i know some people for whom it was an accident and for other couples it's maybe not as easy some couples i've heard have come unglued trying to conceive some find themselves supporting them uh, supporting each other in ways maybe they never imagined so today we're going to talk a little bit about conception. We're going to tell you a little bit about our own stories. I mean, not in the graphic detail sort of way, but you know, the story behind the story. Um I think Dan you you got some good stuff coming up with this, right? What, you don't uh, you know, don't tell them too much. I don't want to tease you That's too right. much. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: we'll get to this. <laughs> And we're gonna, Get we're, to gonna the later we're gonna tantalizing details. we
1: and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask Lou a couple questions. Uh, maybe go go a bit deep on that as well. Mm-hmm. But first, but first, what we gotta do? You know how this is what we do on the show. We're gonna keep doing it uh, in every episode. We're gonna take uh, maybe just a look back at what we've done with our uh, kids. Any interesting things that happened? Um, and I think I'm gonna start us off.
0: Pierre, what happened this week?
1: So we were at a uh, a barbecue. And uh, Zadie, my daughter, was playing. A lot of the kids were a bit older, so maybe, let's say, three, four, five. So they're talking. These kids also know each other as well. We were visiting from out of town. And I don't know, at some point, she just seemed to be pretty natural with them. And I was like, this is great. We can just sit. We don't have to, like, hover and be like, oh, is she okay? Like, oh, is she fine? And I kid you not, at some point, she... They they're giving out like uh, popsicles, and she's got a popsicle, and a bunch of the little girls just sit down in a circle, and I look over and I see my daughter sitting in a circle, eating her lollipop, and the girls are talking, and all of a sudden I just Zadie's just kind of like bump, 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 bump. and all the girls just sort of yep, acknowledge that she said that ah. and go about their business. And I'm going. This is amazing. I'm turning around. I'm looking at people. I'm going, I'm like, my wife, did you see that? This is amazing. (laughs) And it's just like one of those, it was just one of those small things where it's like, clearly none of them knows what she said. But they're like a group. They're like, we are a group of strong women. We're going to support you (laughs) in this instance. That was a good point you raised. Go on. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was my little nugget this week. Pretty short and sweet, but uh, it definitely brought a, not a tear to my eye, but just kind of a moment where I was like,
0: Ah, felt good. (laughs) I love those moments. You know, when you're a dad, you get so many of them. I know. It's really nice. That's and speaking of strong women, we should say, as we always do, praise to the moms. I'll praise the moms. All praise to the moms. Yep, from us here at Big Papas, Mm -hmm. moms number one. Yeah, we love you guys. So this week, uh, Goldie, my daughter, turned one. Ooh, one year old. Some might call it a big milestone. It is because the milestone is
1: still alive!
0: <laughs> Every day I'm thankful for that. You know what, we'll, we'll, get there, we'll get to something related to that in just a sec. Um, but Goldie had uh, a couple little birthday parties. We did a, a little park party. She turned one on a Wednesday, and we had a little party in the park with like her baby friends and some of uh, Zoe, my wife's mom, friends, um, and you know our moms, and a little family thing. And then we did a, a birthday party with like immediate family on the weekend at, uh, at Zoe's dad's place. And And it was really it was really a lot of fun. You know, Goldie's been to a couple birthday parties and seen other people have the song sung to them. My birthday is actually 12 days before hers. So that was pretty recent. And especially the second party with the family party, she had this moment of, you know, there's probably about 30, 35 people around and they're all singing this song and this cake is being presented to her. And she had this look of like, yeah, this is my moment. These are my people <laughs> and they're all here for me. And I'm, you know, she's already used to being the star in the every room that she goes into. So, so it, that it must not be that different from the experience that she has of just being the center of attention, but I, I just remember that moment looking and. Uh and also, she was she was really. We've been to some one year olds parties where like oh, they try to feed him a piece of cake, and they they don't want to eat it, or they they rub it all over themselves, but mm-hmm. then they get upset or something. And I was just struck by how she was in a really great mood for the whole thing, and it was just fun. And I, you know, there's a tendency. Sometimes I think if you're going into an event where there's a bunch of family coming, and there's some planning involved, and you know, you know she has to nap at a certain time before the party starts, it's really easy to be worried that things are going to go wrong. And that was the biggest thing for me, mostly just feeling like oh. You know, thank goodness this went so smoothly, and she seemed to have a good time.
1: Yeah, I'll just wait for birthday number two. Oh yeah? I, yeah, yeah. I felt like birthday number one was smooth sailing. Oh, it was birthday number two. Where I was like, okay, wait, no, we've got people. We actually we booked out this space. Right. Like, I, this got like everything needs to come together for this to happen. Otherwise, people are gonna be like, we're never going to her birthday again. <laughs> and I, I don't want
0: that on me. And did Zadie yeah. do well at her second? She was did she well. A, a she did mood? have
1: she did have a moment. I think she's a bit shy. So I think there was just a moment when we were singing Happy Birthday, where she was like, wait, why is everyone looking at me? But then Mm -hmm. honestly enough, but like the thing that happened after that was that she just started, she loves the song Happy Birthday. So she would just sing it. She like she'd come home, and we like a couple of days later, we gave her a little like uh, piano, like this little red piano, and she would just be like, "Happy birthday to me." <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, you're cool with it, right? Like, you're this is good. You've you've gotten over your fear, and now it's just a song you sing to anybody, right? Grammy, Grampy, everybody, even when it's not their birthdays." <laughs>
0: Goldie started calling all dogs Reggie because we know a dog named Reggie. And now she just says, edgy, edgy, when she sees any dog. And now I'll be like, oh, look, there's a little black edgy. Oh, look, it's a puffy brown edgy. Oh, here's a big edgy. and uh, It's so much fun to be a cheesy dad. (laughs) And the one thing else I just wanted to say about, you know, the baby turning a year old is like, time just moving in such weird ways because a year, if you think about I'm 36 right now, a year feels like not a whole lot um, but this year, it's almost like she's been around forever and um, and then also in that way, you're like, oh, it went so fast, and I. It's hard to put your to grasp what that is about time that has that weird elasticity to it. But I really noticed it, kind of looking back on that first year. I don't know, maybe maybe the second year, uh, things get a little, uh, it, it's a like, little more normalized in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it does and it doesn't. I mean, you know, we base all weeks on fries day uh, <laughs> when we go, when we go to get fries. Uh, I, it, it, to me, it's just more of a. It's like you've entered some sort of weird time loop, right? Where like, yeah, it seems as if time is the same, except that you snap your fingers and you're like, oh, no, yep, that was last year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, you were just we were saying, saying before the yeah. show, yeah, before we started recording, I was like, uh-huh. oh yeah, I was there. That's still open. Like I thought it. I thought it had closed for the season. They're like, yeah, yeah, 2017 season. Yeah, we got 2018, a new season open. We got a new yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of that, uh, we wanted to. uh Uh, talk about an experience that uh, Lewis and I were both there for but Lewis you certainly dealt with it in a more uh, visceral way than I did Uh, we were having dinner the other night with our families uh, and your son Remy who's almost a year old uh, started choking. And I don't know whether a lot of parents out there have done this listening. I know that Pierre and I, we were talking about this earlier, we both took these baby CPR classes. Mm-hmm. Lou, you did the same thing. And you learn these kind of tactics for if a terrible thing should befall your child and you mm-hmm. think they may be choking. And uh, this actually happened the other day. So thank you for, for, yeah. uh, for sharing it with us. And what, what happened? How did you yeah, experience maybe,
1: maybe just before, like, everything is okay. Oh, oh, yeah, Remy's okay. Yeah, everything's, everything's
0: fine. <laughs> I, I that's I why we're able to talk here. about it here on this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> thanks, Pierre. <Yeah. laughs> but good. thanks.
2: Yeah, no, that's an important <laughs> clarification. Um, <laughs> no, it, it was it was a really crazy moment, and, I mean, it happened really fast, as, you know, all the cliches you hear about these things. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, I've never believed he was choking in the past when my wife would sort of look at him gagging or, or you know, as he ate. Um, and he... and. This time, though, I knew something was different. He he wasn't making a sound. Um, this the, the place we were at was a hamburger joint and really kind of informal picnic table seating. And, you know, so he, he had a piece of hamburger. And, yeah, I mean, he was making a sound, and he turned blue. He really did turn sort of he a really whitish-blue. Blue. Freaky. And uh, you know, I immediately, without even thinking, turned him over and slapped his back and he made a bit of a sound. I, I brought him back up, he was still blue, went back down a few more back slaps, and uh, he finally started crying and he was fine. But yeah, and he didn't actually didn't even, you know there was no hamburger meat that was you know, expelled that came out. Yeah. yeah, it was he swallowed it. So uh, you know it was a scary moment, but I think knowing what to do and also not having given him a big piece, in the first place and it was probably just a few pieces in his in his mouth um, and then also just being conscious of you know uh, the, you know what what we could have had to do you know Elisa was already ready to call my wife Elisa was ready to call the um you know 911 and yep. whatever so we were we were prepared it was yeah what did like what was his reaction immediately
1: after like i feel like i cuz sometimes i find kids are upset or like something happens and then they're upset for a moment and it can be like, pshht. but I mean yeah. again I'm, I've never seen the the, the choking version. Yeah, of this that.
2: one took a little longer than what we've experienced so far. I right. mean, usually you're right. Like he falls over and it's, it's literally like twenty seconds after and he's fine. But um, no, he cried longer than normal for this one. Yeah. Um, and well, The back
0: know, slaps. Yeah. That's an experience. Yeah. That's an yeah, experience, right?
2: experience. Yeah. Yeah um but no he he cried longer and and i think it took probably maybe uh, 5 minutes or 10 minutes for him to want food again which <laughs> yes. he he you really loves food yeah, yeah. <laughs> so honestly so, yeah. if that happened to me i'd be like
1: yeah, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to take a few minutes to decide whether or not this is a... Yeah, okay, then yeah. I'm back in.
2: Got to get to that yeah. other
0: half a burger eventually. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, the, the funny thing, too, is just the experience of uh, how things went down later when you're talking about it. I mean, my wife actually th- misremembered that she thought she was the one who did the back slaps, which was really interesting to me. And um, I, you know, my narrative of the, of the whole thing was everyone in the restaurant stopped and was looking at us. But then I just found out from Dan that actually <laughs> no one really even paid attention or noticed. That so, was
0: something I know uh, after the dust had cleared and, and and we knew Remy was okay. I looked around thinking like, oh, we're in the middle of this of the centerpiece of the restaurant <laughs> at the moment, and it seemed like no one was paying attention. So either they just lost interest quickly because they said, oh, the kid's fine, or they saw that something was happening and didn't realize. But I think actually a lot of people just hadn't. You know, we were in this, like, the eye of the storm in a very intense situation. Um, you know, Zoe called me over right away. We were all kind of there together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was intense to watch. And definitely uh, you dealt with it in a really cool way, oh, you know, great, in, a, in a, you. a really calm way. Yeah. Um, and so you could tell that, you know, the fact that you you had the information that prepared mm-hmm. you for the moment yeah. made it so it wasn't a total panic. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely did feel panicky. And on top of those slaps you know Remy could definitely feel if not feel that he he can't breathe mm-hmm. just the vibe uh-huh. among us all was really, yeah, really intense yeah, so yeah really you know I, I i was surprised that he he wasn't upset for longer even
2: you know yeah and you know, one last thing i'll say about it is that when you're doing these courses and they've got their sort of step by step guide of how you should act. It's always very specific, like, you know, turn the baby over in a football hold, like across your mm-hmm. forearm, have his you know, his, his his neck and his chin in your arm and you know, deliver four evenly you know, placed back slaps between his shoulder. When it happened I mean, it wasn't like that at all. It was yeah. just he flipped over, slaps like I think I did ten slaps or whatever and that was, and I realized it's important to pay attention to the details, but in the moment, I think knowing the details, you'll just act the way you think you have to act, and it will be okay. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it will be okay.
0: Well, thank goodness it was okay, yeah. and yeah, obviously, uh, we wouldn't have spoken about it had it not yeah, been, but right. also, you know, thanks for sharing it with us. And it's, yeah, it's certainly absolutely. the kind of thing that, like I said, you, you think about, hey, this could happen, and if you go to the training, they really make you, you know, like I'm – I'm pretty focused on Goldie and I just keep my eyes on her most yep. of the time while she's mm-hmm. eating. And it's a testament to yep. just how quickly it could happen. Mm-hmm. And you turn your head, you know, you don't hear choking. When they're nope. choking, they make no noise whatsoever. That's right. So um, I appreciate you being being Thank open you. about it. Sorry, Pierre, go ahead. Yeah,
1: no, no. I think I just, it, it's a piece that, you know, again on this show, that what we're trying to do is say, you know, it's important to get yourself educated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think, okay, yes, I'm having a kid, do I need to take CPR? It was like afterwards, I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, I don't know. If something happens, like, wh- I don't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm, so it's just mm-hmm. an important thing if you're. Once it actually, once you actually have the kid, or whether or not you want to do it before, just something to think about. Like, hey, it's important to no. know. And I think as 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 Lewis said, you know, it's not always about like, okay, step one is it like this, and then oh, nope, I got to get the arm right. It's yeah. like do what you need to do to make sure your kid is okay.
0: Yeah, it doesn't need to be exact, but if you have the framework, you mm-hmm. also have the confidence. That's so right. instead of thinking oh, no, what do are screwed. Do? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or looking to the waitress at the burger joint yeah, right. who doesn't know what, you know. Excuse like, me, do
1: you know, do you know infant CPR?
0: <laughs> the burgers were great. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Remy made it through, yes. and uh, we've made it through our first segment for the day. We're, we're going to be right back with Luis Calabro here on Big Papa's. Hello, we're back on Big Papas. It's episode one. We're talking Conception. But before we get into the Conception stories, we are here with Louis Calabro. Welcome, Louis. Thank Welcome, you. Louis. Thanks As you, for having me. You heard, uh, you heard off the top, he has a litany of talents. <laughs> Louis is the VP of Programming for the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. He's the founder of the Prism Prize, which is a national arts prize awarded to the best Canadian music video each year. And he is one half of the Go and Steady DJs, Pierre, you had some personal experience with Going Steady way back, didn't you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I,
1: I moved to the city in 2005, and I moved. We, I lived in Kensington Market on Wales 56 Wales. Shout out, <laughs> uh, and which was right around the block from a little, a little, little, little venue called The Boat. Ah, The yeah. Boat. And I know that since like psh, we used to just have people over, have some drinks. You know, pre-drinking. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'd head out and it'd be like, "Let's go to this party. I heard there's something cool happening at the boat." We'd dance, have a great time. Now I'm here with the man, the legend himself. <laughs> I feel like you, you, you have been there like so many of my nights have been like, "This was the best night ever."
2: Oh, that means a lot,
1: and that you. was and you were there, and we didn't even know it. Now, and like I'm gonna give you a dad award and everything like that. That's gonna come later, but <laughs> yeah. right now we'll just get into the show.
0: Hey, go and steady. They got a big legacy, and we won't to say too much more about it. But you do these parties called Chronologic, where you play music in chronological order through the night, which is just such a genius thing to do. And anyways, we're really we're really happy to have you here. One of the Thank you. one of the things we wanted to talk about is that you're obviously such a cool dad. You have these cool jobs, man. Yeah. So, you know what. How do you balance? Like you still do these DJ sets where you go into the middle of the night, and I know that I'm tired by 8 p.m. every night. Like, how do you balance the cool things that you've been doing in your life now that you're a dad? How are you finding that?
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, at first it was. A, it's a struggle because you know, it, you know, having a kid it just turns your life upside down, regardless of what you're doing. Um, but with the late night events that that I'm part of. You know, as you said off the top, I mean, moms are number one. The the first thing was just, you know, having the support of my wife and and organizing our, our life a little bit more when we thought it couldn't be organized. So, you know, really taking a moment to, to talk about how the morning is going to go and, you know, how the week's going to go. Because it's not just the night and the next day. It really, I mean, staying up until... Three thirty-four, and sometimes later i mean this saturday we have an event that will go it will end at four thirty, so i won't go home <laughs> until 5 30 um so you know that will you know wipe you for a couple days
0: yeah
2: um but yeah i mean the the organization of it all is key and you know making sure that you find ways to sneak in some rest throughout the week and just not forget that you need that i mean i i don't think i need a lot of sleep to function normally but I, you have to sort of force yourself to do that, um, yeah. And I mean, I, the cool factor its funny to hear you say that because it, I, like, I, I, I think over the years, at first I did. You know, of course, we're in our twenties, and all these people are coming to our events. We thought we were cool, but, um, <laughs> but I think now it's it re, in the last five years or so. It really has just—it it has felt like it's the. It's, it's the piece that we're selling, like the music or the film or the TV is the product. And, and we just want to find interesting ways to, to bring it to people, basically, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what would you say, like, do you, do you bring something
1: back, right? I mean, so you, you go out, you do the DJing, you come back, it's 5.30, you're wiped, you figure out sort of a plan for the next maybe couple of days or so. What is going out and being still able to do that help you bring back to, to being a dad?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that when we're when we're out and in front of a lot of different people and observing just how people act and, and, you know, I'm watching especially young men and the way they act, expecting my, you know, the baby boy to, to be there one day. <laughs> um, and just mostly, strangely, maybe sadly, thinking about how I don't want him to become, actually, <laughs> um, but also just, just worrying all the time, too. Like, it's just being out in the nightlife world where they're, they're, they're just, anything can go wrong at any time, so many different factors. I, I think that it's made me a little more cautious, actually, going back home and, yeah. and being with him. Um, but I don't know, just also thinking about ways that I can, you know, I, I guess just be there for him in different ways if I'm not there right in the morning for the next few days. Um, you know, just thinking about how I could maybe be do bedtime for the next, you know, few days. Um, so, so yeah, it's just a flipping of, of schedules and and becoming more cautious and worried.
1: <laughs> what uh, what the other thing I was thinking about too was like, do you? <clears throat> obviously, it's only just one or almost one right now. So, do you like? Because I, when my daughter was was younger. And even when she was a baby, I was like, "Oh, we need to make sure she hears the good music,
0: mm-hmm. right?" Some of
1: which I'm yes. sure, again, you're. Pl- but I'm like, "Do you?" So, wh- what's the, what's your routine? Is, is he yeah. is he listening to tracks? Is yeah. he? I want to know. He's got baby headphones.
2: <laughs> That's. I, I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, I mean, super important. Everyone wants. Everyone who loves music wants their kids to have good taste. I guess absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I I would I'm gonna be happy with whatever he ends up liking. I have some younger cousins who are into K-pop only, like exclusively, and that's totally fine. I, you know, and I think that there are gateway artists that will lead you down another path. Um, but I do admit that, you know, we played tribe for him like really early on. <laughs> we played a lot of jazz for him, um, classical music. You know, Bo- Bocelli actually, strangely, when he was a baby, he reacted to we thought I'm probably just you know project- projecting <laughs> that, but uh, yeah, and then just you know I've been you know just adding songs that I remember from strangely from my own youth that I liked. They're they're coming back now. So, in, at that time, you know, I guess when I was just getting into music, there was a weird kind of dual thing with. Um, with, like, dance music, like Technotronic and that type of thing, yeah. um, but then also with, like, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and and a lot of rock and roll stuff, um, you know, but can, lots of Canadian. Like, I remember Crash Test Dummies, we played that the other day for him, and we were like, wow, this is actually, this works as, like, <laughs> children's music. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, that song? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're always playing music. He We let him physically play with, with the records and throw them around and, I've become a little bit less um, – not that I was ever, like, putting the records in some sort of you know, vacuum-sealed, you know, plastic or whatever. But I, I definitely – I don't care as much about their qual- – they're, they're going to play through. Like, yeah. the record, records are fine. Um, and so, yeah, he throws them all over the place. But And he's really amazed by them, too. Yeah. It's, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, um, i
1: see my daughter do the same thing. Like, yeah. She actually – a friend of – at her second birthday party, she got, uh, she got a copy of uh, Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Nice. And uh, the part of the reason that the, the guy, a uh, friend of ours, plug gave it to her was because uh, she just thought for a long time I played it for her and she would be like, I play the song, yeah, period. And yeah. she would be like, yeah, yeah. And she just thought like, that's music. So she would be like, I, I want, ya yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, you, do you mean like this album? She's like, yeah, that's the one. All yeah. music is, ya.'" yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Goldie knows, yeah, we, we got that one. Yeah. yeah all well, yeah, yeah. music
2: kind of is Kendrick right now so that, yeah that's, that's true that fits. that's true yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the uh, the the baby playlist is uh, is a major thing I mean obviously the three of us are all big music fans um, we had I made a bunch of lists for the birth mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah and there was one that was like the eight-hour list that was mostly like you know spa y like a really yeah. chill ambient um, but then we made a list of like songs, beautiful, chiller songs that Zoe and I love for like the, the real birth <laughs> the part, like when part. it got serious.
1: <laughs> um, what, do you remember
0: any of the tracks yeah, on there? Yeah, there's lots of Radiohead. Uh-huh. Oh, Zoe oh, I and I are both that. big into Radiohead. Yep. Um, at one of the tracks that I remember was on that list and that has survived on a bunch of different like Goldie related playlists that I've made since then uh, is "I'll Be Around" by Yola Tango, mm-hmm. which is a really beautiful mm-hmm. chill mm-hmm. song. is used really well in Boyhood, right. um, yes. which I don't think they had the lyrics in, but they, it was so it's just kind of like score music, and I just love it's a really nice acoustic vibe. Uh, but there's a lot there's and and I I'm a big like situational playlist guy like I you know I okay what uh, we're at a cottage and we're gonna have a song about a later or something so yeah. i've made a lot of lists that are goldie stuff or you know songs about a baby or that kind of thing and and then there's also obviously the raffi and, and kids music yeah and i was gonna like say it like
1: there'll come a point where you'll be like she'll just demand itsy bitsy spider right like, you're like hey what about yeah and she's like yeah yeah itsy bitsy spider yeah like, dead to me yeah <laughs> okay oh wait is there a version see that's the thing kendrick should drop some like nursery rhymes uh. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a there's a book called uh, Llama Llama. Okay. Oh yes. And there's uh, like yes. some, some is it
2: common? No, it's not common. Who is it?
1: Somebody's. Uh, I think it's someone raps T.I. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Someone raps it, and yeah. then you're just like, oh, ludicrous. Oh yes, ludicrous. That's ludicrous raps it. Yes. Wraps it. Yes. We'll common put it, and yeah.
0: ludicrous. Two peas in a pod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's amazing, and it's like Llama Llama red pajamas, like, and you're kind of like, wait a second. That's cool. This would be a good track. like yeah. I hope uh, and then you're like you could buy the book. and then anyway, we didn't get there's no sponsorship there. I just <laughs> if you're interested, you could check it out for yourself. <laughs>
0: we talking about music. Actually, Pierre, when I first came to you to, to talk about doing the podcast, I had a different title in mind. It wasn't Big Papas. That's true. I wanted to call it Baby Fathers, and that mm. came from Lewis. Right. You started a group on Facebook, a very busy and popular group that everyone's posting <laughs> yeah, right. on. Now. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was called Baby Fathers, and I thought it was such a clever title. And you told me it's named after an album or uh, yeah, yeah. well, was it a after?
2: project that um, uh, the UK. I guess well, the musician and experimental musician Dean Blunt uh, created called Baby Father, which is he he dropped that project last year or two years ago maybe, and it was the most creative, strange, grime hip hop thing that was happening. And he's just he's he's on the avant garde. This guy Dean Dean Blunt and um, and I, I I don't know. I just really liked that that album and I and it was called Baby Father. Right. Um, and and yeah very mysterious i don't think he ever performed it live or anything um produced it all it, i think that he maybe could have brought some mc's on to it but he you know cuz his the talent was in the production it's very strange and sounds experimental. like a
0: doctor octagon type of thing yeah. yeah
2: like an alter ego weird album yeah some of it's unlistenable like the, it, st- <laughs> it starts with an 8 this is a great, i think a 8, great eight great minute selling. Um, like classic. repeating of of the, the 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 phrase, it makes me proud to be British. Like just that phrase repeated <laughs> for about seven minutes or something. Wow. Um, yeah,
1: that that is that's art.
2: Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> right art there. right there. Yeah.
0: Well, we concluded that since baby fathers, Pierre, as you pointed out to me, uh, has a connotation that the father is no longer romantically connected to the mother. Mm. That was one yeah. of the reasons we decided mm. to reconsider. And then mm. when we came up with big Papas, we were like, that's it. Just that's the hit. One. That's yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's hit. gotta be and with these continued hip hop references yeah, it's that gonna, we, it, we can't avoid making it's apparently gonna keep going. it's gonna keep going yeah it is <laughs> yeah
2: it's great it's a great name I like it
0: uh, thanks so much so oh what do we want to work on next well we're gonna get to talking about conception yeah. um, should we take a little break and maybe get back to that we all have a story to tell and uh, Lewis is is a part of that and we're gonna, uh, we're gonna be right back with you here on Big Papa's
1: Okay, we're back. This is Big Papa's the podcast for Modern Dads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when you call me Big Papa. Me too. Um, let's get into it. I was doing a bit of research, not a lot of research, just a just a small amount of research. It looks like one
0: cue card's worth. One cue card,
1: yep, and I wrote in extremely large font. <laughs> 89, 80 to 90 percent of people actually conceive naturally. That's just the bumping bodies uh, version. Old school. Yep. within a month, 60% within three months, eighty. then it's like 85% within a year. So again, it's something that seems so easy, quote unquote, but it's not. As we said off the top, the idea of deciding, sure, we are now ready to have kids if that's the way it worked for you is maybe an easy thing to do. Obviously, the next piece is doing it. Uh, I think most people probably on the show know how it's done. I'm going to tell a story about how it was for me and my wife. It won't be too graphic, as I said, but uh, essentially, yeah, we had, uh, I think we had like a moment where we sort of just drew a line in the sand. We were like, okay, we're both ready to do this, but there was something preventing us from really getting started. And that thing was, uh, a good friends of ours were getting married in Spain, and my wife just, we were chatting about it, and we were like, oh, we should be ready. We could start like, you know, now. And she's like, yeah. The reason I don't want to do that is because we've got this wedding coming up, and mm-hmm. I feel like going to Spain and going to all of the you know, we were part of the trip was like going to San Sebastian, like going to the Rioja region where all the good wine is from. You gotta eat and
0: drink in Spain.
1: Michelin's Michelin restaurants. Mm-hmm. She was just like, I don't want to do that and not be able to drink. Smart. Mm-hmm. And so We essentially drew that line in the sand, and we just basically came to the point. We said, look, right before that trip, we are going to stop using protection. And, uh, I mean, again, for us, it was relatively easy. Uh, The story that I think is interesting is that we were on the way back from the trip uh, in the airport. Jess was uh, not feeling too well. She just was like, oh, I got a bit of a stomachache. I'm not sure... We were waiting for a flight. She's like, I'm just going to run and grab some medicine. So she goes into the place, uh, into the, the pharmacy, and she starts talking to the guy. And the guy's like, okay, I just want to make sure you're able to take this. He's like, his English is broken. We, uh, By the end of the trip, we are in Portugal. So he's like, let me just make sure that you can take this. And Jess is sort of like, I'm not sure why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And a woman comes back and, and he sort of hears what's going on and goes, oh, <laughs> He thinks you're pregnant, and she's like, Oh, no, 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 I'm not pregnant. No, 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 this whole trip was about like, We'll do it after this. We've been living it up, in yeah, the real we've been having now, a great time. It's been great, we've had so much good food, we've been partying. It's can't been be amazing, pregnant. can't be pregnant. That's that would be ridiculous. That was the first guy who knew that we were pregnant. We got oh. back about uh, it maybe was, I think we'd been back is in the first week, and I came home and we decided, Okay, it's uh, we're back. It's not the same as Spain. Let's let's go for a meal. And we said, so I, I come home. Jess is on the bed. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm still not feeling well. And then she's like, so I bought a couple pregnancy tests. <laughs> yeah. And I sort of just went, okay. I was like, did you take one? She's like, no, but I'm going to now. And she <laughs> did. And then we sort of went. Okay, yeah, that seems pretty accurate, as in, yes, it's a go. And I, it's not like we high-fived. I, there was just more of a – it was one of those things where it just sort of like it hit you, and then we were like just sat on the bed, and we were like, do you still want to go for food? And she was, we were just kind of
0: like, no. Welcome to your new life. Yeah. I'm not going. So <laughs> Staying home.
1: <laughs> instead, we just ordered Domino's and got the cheesy bread. And then I wrote a letter later to my daughter, and I just said, hey, that was when we sort of knew you were around. Your first meal that we know of, Domino's and cheesy bread. Enjoy. Welcome to the rest of your life. So, yeah, that's that's my little story.
0: That's great. That's great, Pierre. Well, uh, Zoe and I had uh, a bit of a, I'll say tougher time, but really just more of a longer experience um, in retrospect. Uh, Zoe... Has a condition called PCOS. She was concerned. Please don't ask me what it stands for. Okay. Just like he looked at me, and I like, was like, he saw that look in my. Just, uh, wait, what the? Like I, I'm, you know, as a dad, there are some things that I got my finger on. That okay. one, it's the information has completely <laughs> gone away. Either way, it's a condition that she was, uh, you know, rightly concerned could cause potentially serious trouble um, in conceiving. So we went to a fertility doctor. Uh, she took. Uh, some fertility drugs. And it was a process. Um, and so, you know, this this is just another kind of example of one of the ways that it might go if you mm-hmm. decide, hey, it's time to conceive. Well, what does that actually look like? And, uh, you know, there are many, many different things that might lead you to go to a fertility clinic. And if you find yourself there, it could go easily. It could be a month, two, five, six. It could be years, right? So, before we even started this process, we're talking about like, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> of course, right? Like this doomsday scenario. What if we can't figure it out? And what if would we adopt if two years from now it doesn't work? Having these conversations that they're certainly good to have, but in the long run, it turned out you know we're we're looking way down the road when yeah. it ended up being a course of a few months. So one of the things um, they they check these certain levels when they do blood tests early in the early going and. We, a couple months in, had uh, someone at the clinic tell Zoe basically over the phone, oh, the numbers, you're pregnant. The numbers tell me that you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Come in come in for the appointment. And when we went in, we, they checked again and the doctor said, oh, that actually like the numbers were there, but they were at a point that was early enough that you shouldn't have been told you were pregnant. You should have just been told, could you come in so we can take another oh look type God. of thing. What? And that was tough to deal with. Zoe took it really, you know, hard. And, mm. and it was a kind of thing that, you know, like, our, there inst- like a- our instinct is to be like, what the hell's going on here? Right. Yeah, but it's also feedback- like, you know, it's a little mistake from someone. And, um, You know, it was the kind of thing that we just it was just like this bump in the road that we had to, you know, and and I think at the time Zoe was describing it as like, you know, I was I got pregnant that time. And I was like, it really sounds to me like if if two days later we had checked, they would have said, oh, no, the numbers aren't there. And it just kind of so it had this this fluctuation of the numbers. But then it it, it kind of went down. And anyways, that was something that I didn't I had no idea about. I didn't know that kind of thing could happen. And now we're in the situation where it's like, oh, it worked. But then. It didn't work. So that was hmm. a major stumbling block. Um, I would
1: have, like, you know when you go <laughs> to, I don't know, it's hmm. an airports, I think it's also at A&W where they just have that, like, button that's, like, how satisfied are you? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you're yeah, just, yeah. like unsat like not satisfied yeah. not satisfied with that mm-hmm. that's ridiculous
0: yeah we it's, it's it's also this speaks to a funny experience of like you know you're kind of a consumer <laughs> like yeah. your relationship to this clinic is also kind you know Um. anyways we as I recall it like we didn't want to make some stink about it and obviously it was upsetting but it seemed like the kind of thing that you know the information didn't need to be given to us but also it's it was like a day later that we realized it wasn't happening and, and we were like okay well we're back Back, back on the train, you know, we're back trying it out again. Another thing I wanted to say, and I'm sure a lot of people who go through this type of thing have this experience, is when you're trying to conceive and you're, you know, going to a fertility clinic, you end up with a schedule for sex. Uh, you end up with, and I will say, I mean, hopefully you're with a partner that you have a good sense of humor with mm-hmm. because there is a certain weirdness to the idea of, First of all, we did it a couple times already today, but no, it's 4:30, and now is the time, and and you know, it's a very clinical, weird kind of way to. Was there to like, to were you sex. just taking anything for stamina purposes? <laughs> no, I didn't take
1: anything. Uh, just wow, okay, <laughs> I didn't take anything. <laughs> really virile, then. Yeah, all right. but but yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it 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 was. Um, The kind of thing that Zoe and I could laugh about, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But definitely a new dynamic in the bedroom. (laughs) Anyways, the next time, I don't remember if it was a month later, it might have been two, but the next time we had that cycle of, okay, it's time to try, we were successful. And um, we were really happy with the experience we had with the fertility doctor herself. She was, you know, always... um, really enjoyable to talk to and had a ton of of great information and so it was it was nice that it wasn't the kind of thing even though we had prepared for it to be the worst case scenario mm-hmm. it ended up being fairly easy once we look back on it and then of course once the baby's born and everything is the way it's supposed to be then you know all of that stuff any of the stress you experience at least for me just kind of melted away but that was my experience just a memory yeah exactly and uh uh, uh, louis louis calabro our guest who's with us still here today uh he had a different experience as well lou why don't you tell us about the conception of your
2: son well i mean hearing your story it's reminding me a little bit of 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 ours um so, I mean, yeah, again, I, you know, I guess pretty early on with Elisa and I, um, well, we'd been dating for about three years, but we, we actually, we got pregnant naturally. We weren't married yet. And I mean, you know, I come from an Italian family, not too traditional, but, and, you know, Elisa's uh, comes from a Jewish family and, uh, we, we immediately were worried about how that would kind of look kind of, I mean, not in, in a funny way, sort of, um, but but unfortunately that that um, pregnancy didn't work didn't work it was uh Eliza had a miscarriage so Gosh. um after about um you know which i found later was pretty common and people just don't talk about yeah. it um and it, it, you know it was pretty early on it was i think it was i think it was at the 10, 10 week marker or maybe a little bit earlier um so so that was the first thing and then it was kind of like well you know uh let you know we're not going to stop here but again we had that same idea we we sort of thought like this, what are we gonna do if this doesn't end up working out for us? And yeah. we did talk mm-hmm. about adoption and, and that. Um, so uh, you know, I remember that being being stressful for sure and really hard on on, on Aliza and and, and me. Um, but so we did go to a fertility clinic and we the the it was a long road to finally getting pregnant. It was probably about it was probably two years. I would I, would, I think, uh, wow. which is not it's not that long, but but i mean for us at the time it just seemed until we found out we were pregnant and then it's the, another year until <laughs> you see your baby um but um yeah it, it, we we went through a you know what they called the iui um you know process of the insemination and uh, that didn 't work, so um, you you know you pay for this process, so you are a consumer and you're you, you are sort of thinking about it in that way too. It can get pricey, and you 're starting to think, well, how long can we continue with this um, but then we had heard about i v f and how it was a little bit more effective uh, i don 't know what the percentage points are, but um, it was much more effective than i u i and uh and we had heard also that the government was funding your first round of IVF um, and and for some reason, I don't know why I think I thought you used to have to be on a wait list, but we didn't have to. We could go right into it and do it. so we tried we did the first round. Um, and uh that didn't work so so you know you go through the whole process and it's, it's quite a process you know you, you and the funny thing about being a consumer at, at these fertility clinics is that they make you do most of the work, work. like it's hilarious so you you're, you come home with your your package of syringes and, and medicine and so you're i mean i was pretty impressed that i could do this type of thing but i you know we'd fill mix the, the mixture every day and, and put it in the syringe and shoot it um And so, you know, that that went on for quite a while, several months. And, um, you know, finally, you know, when when we did our second round, we did get that phone call. Uh, Fortunately for us, it wasn't the same type of phone call. You know, but they did tell us. It's interesting hearing your story, Dan, because they, they did sort of say deliver the news in this really kind of like. I don't know this unexcited, like monotone, like you know, didn't tell us to come in and just sort of said the levels. The words that they use were the levels are showing that there is some something happening and mm-hmm. that you 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 could it could lead to a pregnancy. So um, I don't know if they tightened up the language or something you know, at, at one point, but
1: does but, that also did it did it when you heard that did it? I mean, because I think when people think about getting pregnant or, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is the way I think about it. It's kind of like the the moment happens and you're like,
0: "Yeah!" Yeah, yeah!
1: When someone says...
2: The levels are slightly <laughs> elevated. <laughs>
0: did you allow yourself? Did you, to you? Feel like good yeah? About yeah it? Would, would, How I, did it feel? It's funny.
2: Like I, I actually felt really good about it, and I remember. Uh, Aliza, <laughs> we did it. Elisa yeah, sort of feeling, you know, that that it, it was a. Uh, let's just be cautiously yeah, optimistic. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but it, it's a good question because you know, I I sort of felt like this is gonna this is gonna work. Like I just had that feeling from the beginning, um, when I heard that that uh really uninspired voice on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: How did uh so you said two years. It took you guys two years start to finish to be to be like, yep, it's we're good to go. And yeah. then obviously the year uh another year for the for Remy to come out. Yeah. <laughs> what i'm interested in maybe hearing a little bit about is like how do you support each other right because i think it to me having a, the easier experience it wasn't even like we didn't even get to the point of like this isn't working like what are the other options it yeah. it kind of went from okay let's start trying to okay it happened mm-hmm. right and so what, what i'm interested in and maybe i think our guests maybe or sorry our, our our listeners as well are interested in is is how do you support each other how do you how do you ride out that year one year two year mm-hmm. sometimes for people
2: longer than that right to, yeah. to, to, to really get through it well it's interesting because you you, you are really going through the process to, together um, if you if you choose to and when you're at the fertility clinic and I I really did try to be at, at all of the you know the appointments and and be there you know to be the one administering the, the medicine and and you know talking to the doctors and asking questions but but yeah, we, we definitely had to communicate with each other and, and really try to anticipate how you know the other person would feel about certain things and and it's not it's not easy. I mean, you, you definitely can can be put off by the smallest thing. I mean, whether or not it's a doctor telling you to do one one thing or which often led to you know money being spent, which is confuses everything. Um, but we you know we, we definitely needed to. Get you know, get our feelings out with each other, and really argue it out sometimes, and and really just think about long term goals and planning. And you know, we knew that if we were both on the same page about where we wanted to get to, if if everything didn't work, um, you know, then then we'd be okay. We you know, so I think knowing that we both had the same idea that we wanted to have uh, a child in some way, um, that we would get get there together. So. So I think knowing that end goal was was key in, in the communication. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, what, what about you, Dan? Like, was it was it like? A, what was your experience like?
0: This this actually came to mind while Lewis was talking a couple of minutes ago. So I'm glad you brought it back to this. Mm-hmm. I think similarly to once the pregnancy is kicking in, um, it's so if you're the dad, I mean, so much of it is just presence, yeah. and honesty, yeah. and patience. And openness, you know, and and that was my experience, you know, and and like I said, Zoe, because she had PCOS, she's had she's known she's had it for a long time. She had built up this idea that it was gonna be super hard. Maybe people told her that or she had read about it, or whatever it was, but for years she had been thinking that already. And so I remember just being thankful that it wasn't too tough for her because Mm -hmm. she was ready for it to be the toughest thing she'd ever dealt with. Um, And and luckily, she was spared some of that anguish by the fact that it only took a few months. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's a big you know and it's still it's a big part of being a dad even once the kid is out too right it's yeah. like and it, and it's one of the big things that we're trying to do here with the podcast it's like we are open to learning and experiencing these new waves as they come along and trying to to navigate our way so yeah the experience of of uh of trying to conceive when it's not you know really readily easy mm-hmm. you know i just tried to think of my role as like reassuring zoe that we were going to do the best that we could mm-hmm. you know We have no, there's no doubt about the love and support Mm -hmm. we have for each other. So Mm -hmm. just really nurturing that and making sure, like you said, going to all the appointments Mm -hmm. and knowing the information, you know, and, and trying to be a voice of reason while still you know not trying to shut out those worries you know and you know yeah. oh, that's crazy like you can't yeah. say something like that right but but the idea of also being able to say hey you know we're doing the best we can and this information that we read is really optimistic and let's yeah. try to look at some of those positive things mm-hmm. another thing that came to mind about this process <laughs> I'm sorry to, well I'm not sorry but I'm taking it back to a, a funnier note uh, I don't know if you had to go through this mm-hmm. um, but they wanted early on to make sure that my sperm count was high
1: oh, enough oh yes. I got yeah yes. okay
0: so Yes. uh I masturbated in a fertility clinic office where they have like, you know, a digital cable of porn channels. So
1: yeah, I wanna know because so is it like <laughs> yeah. is it really graphic? Like like where I wonder like do they have a level where they're like, okay, we're not gonna put that kind of thing in the room? Or do they just well, like
0: it's... I think it's like I don't have any experience since I was maybe like nineteen or something with like cable TV mm-hmm. porno. Um but I think it's like like this is like Rogers Cable porno. Oh, so and if okay. you're listening to this and you don't live in Ontario, like it's just Comcast or what, like yeah. it's just like Verizon, like so. It's like so baby blue. It yeah. definitely wasn't like you know like insane porn, but but it was still uh, soft porn. Core. Like yeah. no, no, it wasn't no, soft porn. It it's was full. It was they the were having thing. sex. I right. saw it uh, and I masturbated to completion into a cup. <laughs> wow. Oh man. <gasps> man, what a silly experience. I can't believe I forgot about that earlier. But as yeah, soon as you started crazy. talking, I was like, oh, I forgot. This is even I don't funnier. I how you could
2: forget about that. Bad. Well, you're right. How could I possibly? <laughs> I, I, I feel like I blocked that out as well. I mean, it was so right. weird. But it, the weird thing for me when I when you walk up to the window and there's sort of this the surly, um, you know, I, in my experience there was this this guy that worked there who. He, he wasn't he, he didn't have any humor like he was just kind of <laughs> he was just like he, he uh, you know he knew I said what I, what I was there for and he he actually passed me a, the DVDs that in my you know oh, uh, wow. he oh, passed nice. me a, a little sort of booklet of DVDs and I was like I have my phone though like, yeah you know, yeah why I, would I I don't, I don't, need, I don't need I've phone. got my own tastes yeah <laughs> I, I walk in and, and I didn't
0: even think about my phone <laughs> i was like uh, give me the experience yeah that's right
2: you wanted to feel it on me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: sorry lou i interrupted yeah. you. no 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 it's
2: uh, and, and it's just a very you're right it's very odd like so a, funny. Very cold experience yeah I so
0: had. it to me it ties with that like scheduling sex like we have to have sex five times today yeah. and it ends up being this like it's just you're just like what a, what a yeah, bizarre what a existence weird. Yeah. so
1: me. but i it, it honestly it reminded me of something and i just like it i've only talked to like a few people about this but like a as a couple of guys that i knew like started having kids and like when it happened for me they're like one guy pulled me aside and he's just like hey man uh congratulations so i was like oh thanks man he's just like it's good to know your uh your stuff's still uh doing it huh yeah. like right. sperm has yeah. got that mojo yeah. right and i was yeah. like started thinking about it was like yeah i mean again I, it's it's not to make light of it because it's it like again these are real issues it, it can be difficult but to me, the one moment and the thing he was talking about was that, like, I've partied with you, man. After all that partying, <laughs> yeah. after all those, you just sitting you're with your laptop, you know, you're like, maybe you're watching, maybe you're watching porn. Laptop, yeah. you got your, right on your crotch. Yeah. That's not right. You know, you all the solo practice, Rochambeau, you're getting kicked yeah. in the nuts because it's fun. You're just, yeah. dude, like, yeah. guys yeah. are just What's more
0: fun than getting kicked in the nuts, guys? <laughs>
1: You know, like, I even remember there was a girl in elementary school, Rosalie Porco, and she had these, like, shoes that were, like, we used to call them cockroach killers. Mm. And, you know, we're boys, we're teasing her around, and she just, she was a dancer. she just give you a kick. Like, you get a kick, and you just be like, dick. oh. Yeah. But after all that, I was like, it's kind of like a different version of the Maury Povich moment. Mm. Like, you're the father. Like, you're not the father, right? Yeah. It's like people start dancing, you're like, yeah, this is it. But it's no. like when it does happen you are like
0: yes okay yeah it's an accomplishment this is
1: good whatever however it happens i think there's still that moment uh, yeah yes we did it
2: yeah (laughs) <laughs> absolutely yeah
0: i yeah. never thought about virility at any point like and, and i mean maybe there i feel like there probably are guys who like there's an idea of like strength and mm-hmm. like there's some sort of you know you want to <laughs> you want to be potent i had never thought about it um but i will say i was proud when we got the results back mm-hmm, and they were mm-hmm. like you're you're good you're good to That's go right we're not yeah. worried about this component yeah you're you're in good shape yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got
2: yeah, I got a similar feeling and I when I when we got the results out. but I do I, I, yeah, I, I do remember that um you know, just just the whole experience of it was such an education. like it was the what they can do, like they the, yeah. you know, just learning about that they can take and freeze and then like it's and I, we heard that you know, because it still applied when someone would say to us, you know, oh yeah, it still works. Like it applied, but I had to go into a long conversation about it works, but they froze my sperm for like s- four months or whatever, and then they had to inject it, and, and I had to do this at you like, syringe. Uh, okay, all right, yeah, next. so I was like, it doesn't didn't really work actually for us. <laughs> But I'll take, I'll take it. Yeah, anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah, they have all that beautiful scientific medical technology, and yet you're getting a booklet of DVDs. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> it what a starts here. Yeah.
1: That could be a good uh, – maybe that's like a good business model, like just to be like, hey – Guys, let's relax with the DVDs. We could hook you up with a system, just like a Netflix for fertility yeah. really? clinics. Is
0: this a little side hustle, for I, Big hey, Papas? I, I don't,
1: don't steal that idea. That's you <laughs> heard it here first, or at least give me a shout. Patent pending. Uh, yeah, yeah, give is, me a shout. Actually, I'm gonna have to leave the show right now to make sure I go uh, get get a, get a website set up and everything.
0: Well, it's good timing because I think that that's about all the time we have today for Big Papas. Uh We're off and running. Episode one is in the books, and if there you've been listening, is. we we really appreciate it. Uh, we're looking forward to bringing you more great dad-related content to your ears. Lewis, thank you so yeah, much for being with us today. We yeah, really appreciate awesome. it.
2: Really fun, thank Pleasure you. Pleasure
0: chatting with you. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you all for the next episode, episode two, Pregnancy! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's good. Good vocals on that. Yeah, that was all live. <laughs> but I, I don't have a board here or anything.
1: Oh, man. All right, so I'm uh, Pierre Hamilton. I'm Dan Worry-Smith. And this has been another episode of Big Papas. We'll see ya. Peace. Bah. Bah.
0: Bah. Two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies Talking about the struggle, talking about Big Papa Yes yeah.